Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Peter Sound, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, event sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your COVID-free radio host. Hey, uh, we are in... uh, a new world. We are in uh, the future. This is uh, um, what do they call a pandemic, an epidemic um, of anxiety and uh, social misbehavior. Um, and, you know, I, my folks are doctors. My sister's a doctor. I come from a medical family and I wanted to play doctor when I was young. Uh, and I don't mean to, you know, disparage what's happening out there. And, and uh, rightfully so, we should be cautious. And But boy, um, did we just shut down or what? This is just nuts. The world has gone crazy, as uh, uh, my friend from the Big Lebowski would like to say. Um, and all my my coworkers, my friends, uh, my industry professionals, my peers, the wineries, the breweries, distilleries, the chefs, basically everybody I talk to on the show is now pretty much uh, on hiatus. And uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be on hiatus here coming up uh, the next few weeks. We'll see what the world holds for us, uh, for our sponsorships, and uh, for you know the talent that still will exist out there. No one knows how long this will last. Um, but I do know that uh, the threat is real. And um, if you're sick, just stay home. If you are afraid of being sick, stay home. Um, but, you know, come on. Life will life will uh, go on, and um, you know I, I'm kind of joking, and I'm going to make fun of this because that's the way I reduce my own anxiety. And uh, so we're going to have fun. We're going to do some teasing, and um, I'm going to call this the new Corona diet. Basically, a lot of people are losing weight, <laughs> so the silver lining: you're not going to die, and this might be the best crash diet ever. Uh, and hopefully, this doesn't last for long. And um, when we think about dieting, of course, this is still part of the new year. We had a whole reset because we're living at home, and you know it's easy to go buy. I think I bought a bunch of ice cream the other day just because you know I like sugar and it's uh, fat-rich food. But um, some of these foods are really beneficial for some of those diets, like the keto diet. Everyone's talking about keto, right? What is this keto, short for ketosis? I've got Don Paul, who is part of the communications team, for a couple cool products out there that help someone um, you know, maintain some sanity, some flavorful sanity, uh, with a couple of their, their cool, smart uh, snack ingredients, snack products called Parm Crisp and Small Batch Pork Rinds. Uh, Don Paul, coming from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I think the main thing in, in snacking and, and dieting and everything is really uh, using uh, the snacks to fuel your nutrition and healthy lifestyle and, you know, more of a better-for-you products that kind of assist the diet, whatever diet, you know. Keto, you'd mentioned keto. I, you know, it was going fantastic last year. People were on the keto last year. It's just as strong this year, you know. Everybody wants that that you know, easier diet perhaps, but to lose and shed that weight. And the keto diet seems to be doing that for many people. Well, sure. And the, the tough part about keto, of course, is to you have to give up some of those uh, lovely uh, craving carbs that we like, the French fries, the baked potatoes, the rice, the pasta. Uh, is that really the case? 
you know, all that, you have to, you know, because as you said, the ketosis, it's when your body doesn't have enough uh, glucose for energy, so it burns stored fat. And that's where you kind of, you know, you have to eat mostly the healthy fats, which is kind of interesting. And that should be about 75% of your daily uh, calories. Some protein, about 20%, very, very small amounts of carbs. So when you talk about that potatoes and french fries and potato chips, all that, those are, you know, breads and all that. And we crave that, you know, in a comfort time of, of year or whatever, people crave that, it seems. But, you know, that's what you've got to back off and really have very no low carbs. Um, so, yes, with um, uh, Parm Crisp and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, it gives you that that longing you know, for those carbs, and it is carbless. There's virtually no carbs in both of those uh, those snacks. And I think when it comes to snacks, the key is really is crunch. I think we love either crunch and salty and sweet. Um, you know, I'm certainly not snacking on Snickers bars anymore because I think I've realized that my body would crash after that, but that's still full of carbs. And I think that's one of the issues when we have a diet. We, we tend to eat things like you'll have a, a cookie and a, an espresso, right? Your body, your... Uh, uh, what do you call it? insulin spikes, and the next thing you're out. But these these cool um, products you have, Parm Crisps. This is Parmesan cheese. This is really uh, dried. Or uh, tell me the process. What's this is baked cheese or? Yes, it is oven baked cheese into little um, like bite size. Oh, we have bigger ones too, but bite size, you know, carbless cracker kind of option. You know, <laughs> and it is a hundred percent Wisconsin premium Wisconsin cheese, oven baked in small batches, so you can control the, the flavor profile and everything. And it is that craving, and, and it's great for, you know, skip the croutons in a, on a salad or a, a, your soup, you throw uh, some parm crisp in there, and there's different flavors, so you get that. And it does, it's a, it has that great crunch that you long for, but also, yeah, just a, a bit of a little salt and that big flavor, and that kind of curbs that that you know, longing for the carbs. Yeah, the big flavor was really key. I just couldn't believe how, how satisfying it was just to, to eat, to take a bite. And I call them kind of the Eucharist-sized crackers, if you're Catholic out there, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, It's whoa. that size. Um, but I was surprised. You have a bunch of flavors there, but what really made me laugh, a chuckle, was the cheddar flavor of Parm Crisp. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, it's funny because it's Parmesan cheese, but the flavor itself is the cheddar. And you know, it, it, it's what we've seen across, and one of our uh, newer flavors um, is the sour cream and onion. And again, people have that as a potato chip, you know, and they, yeah. they, they're used to that flavor. So now we have, um, it, it's been up for a little bit, but we have that to say, hey, here's this flavor. You know, if you're longing for that sour cream and onion chip, potato chip, boom, we have that. So it, it works well. And, and that's the big thing on any snacks. You have to have the the flavor, you know, you have to have that, uh, you know, bold flavor. And, you know, jumping over the Southern Recipe small batch pork rinds. Pork rinds, virtually no carbs in high protein and keto-friendly, of course, as we talk about that. But, again, it's that crunch and just it's a lower sodium than a traditional pork rind. And people think, pork rinds, really? Yeah. I mean, it's a satisfying and the bold flavors, um, you know, Korean kimchi barbecue and, and spicy dill and pineapple ancho chili and that's what Southern Rusty Small Batch does. You know, we have that we have that great flavor that you don't have to do one thing each time and get bored of that you're snacking. And whether you're on a keto diet or not, you know, or a high protein diet or not, or even gluten free because both products are gluten free, 
it affords you to have different snacking opportunities. Uh, it's truly flavorful, and of course, the fun part of the flavor is really the crunch and uh, just enjoying something that you can feel good about. I think the protein was a huge uh, benefit there when you're, you're looking at the the back of the the product, the labeled ingredients, and, and seeing how many percentage of carbs and protein and fat, etc. Um, of course, sodium is a big deal when we think about these diets, and as we we age, you know, <laughs> the sodium becomes one yeah. of the bane of of middle aged men. Um, but I think the uh, I tried the kimchi one. I, I really like how you had the tartness, kind of that fermented tartness, and some of the umami flavors in the uh, pork rinds. Uh, and the best part was the calories. These are really not high-calorie um, snacks. They're packaged, so it's like, what, 110 calories or something, I thought. Yeah, uh, it's 70 calories uh, per serving. And uh, what you run across is, is that half of the, the fat of potato chips and things like that. So when you run across that... Um, you get that flavor, and you can sit there and eat a whole bag and feel, you know, uh, replenished, you know, like, you know what, that satisfied me. And I think both products are great because we talk about snacking. When you're on any form of diet, um, you're going to crave something right away. When you walk through the door, I'm going to make a great keto-friendly uh, meal. But before <laughs> I do that, they're going to grab a, you know, you're going to grab a, everybody's, this way it is, you grab a handful of something that has carbs I in it. I want it now. And then you kill it. You're like, oh, why? So these are a great thing to have while you're mixing or making up your meal. But also these products are great in recipes as well. And people don't think of that too. But, you know, um, if you're looking to substitute and, and take away flour, you can do pork rinds to one one um, you know, mixture, meaning take out the flour and a pizza crust and use crushed wow. uh, uh, pork rice. That's yeah, kind of interesting to do that. Or make different, you know, we have uh, on our website, we have uh, a lot of like keto pizza cups, you know, so you use that uh, crushed pork rice, any of the flavor, spicy dill or whatever it might be, uh, and add some ingredients and then you, you know, bake them, you have them ready to go. So they're, it's it's fun to cook with pork rinds and in parm crisps as well. You can use them in so many different recipes, and it kind of gives you that better uh, better way to eat keto or any diet for that matter. Sure, and you just mentioned a website. Where can our listeners go to check out some of these great recipes and perhaps get creative in this uh, self-quarantine time? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, sure. Uh, SouthernRecipeSmallBatch.com. And also parmcrisp.com. Uh, these are, uh, you know, go there, see great recipes, try different things. And I always say, you know, if you got a great recipe, use it. Um, our, we have chefs that use our uh, uh, pork rinds. And, and I say, great, you know, snap a picture and send it in. We'll put the recipe, you know, on the site because let's share. You know, let's show everybody. But you can go there, get great recipes at southernrecipesmallbatch.com, parmcrisp.com. But also you can pick these products up at uh, Safeway, uh, World Market, Winco, and Elberson. So just a few stores to, to give them a try, you know, or buy them online. And, you know, and have them dropped at your front door and make it easy for you. Well, that's good. Hopefully they're still at Safeway. I know that many of the shelves these days, maybe people uh, took advantage of that uh, chance to fill up their grocery carts and save some for the rest of us people. There's plenty of life to live, and uh, you know, a little bit of parm crisp goes a long way because the flavors are, are really, really solid, and they're really, really deep. I, th- I think just having that that crunch and that that just 
umami flavor that comes with Parmesan. Um, just so pleasant. Um, Don Paul, so Parm Crisp are available in single servings, and plus you have a, a bigger bag, I'm sure, and the small, the yeah. Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, uh, both keto-friendly, available at Safeway. And again, the website is southernrecipesmallbatch.com? Dot com. All right, yep. that's a long Southern one. Recipe, Southern Recipe Boy, that's a long URL. It, it is a long one. And parmcrisp.com as well. Fantastic. Uh, this has been a treat. Uh, I hope that uh, we, we f- will find some of those great products on our shelves here at Safeway and Albertson. And uh, I hope you will uh, join us again as you bring out new flavors in the future. Don Paul with uh, Parm Christmas Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Hey, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, I appreciate it. You have a good one. Right on. Hey, folks, you got to check it out. So there's lots of different snacking options out there. What I liked about these two um, items, and I got them in the mail a little bit ago, um, is that your fingers were not greasy. I love potato chips. In fact, I had some potato chips the other day, and I really enjoyed, you know, that salty, the little bit of fat. I mean, that's that's kind of what, you know, our the human condition has sort of uh, become, and that's one of those little bites, little moments that you take to yourself. And like Lay said, you can't eat just one because, you know, they've kind of figured out what makes us tick and what makes us uh, salivate. We are the sort of Pavlov dogs of of potato chip population. And there's uh, certainly a lot of chips out there. Um, But these palm crisps are really, really cool because you didn't have to eat a bunch of them because you were satisfied and that they had protein. You weren't really like craving something. You, you, there was a sense of satiety that I, you didn't really get with potato chips. I don't think you really satisfy with potato chips until you finish the whole freaking bag sometimes. And it's like, well, that's not kind of the healthiest way to go. Although, you know, um, I certainly don't want to be, uh, uh, on my deathbed thinking I should have ate more potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> Should have ate more parm crisps for sure, um, and it's really fun because you can actually put those in salads, and and uh, they're they they tend to stay um, fresh too. I, I had mine open for, you know, I didn't want to eat them all, but that's kind of they're so good it was kind of hard to. And luckily, they sent me a few different packages, but um, I left them open on my counter, and uh, they actually do have a little bit of resealable uh, packaging there, in which I thought was really fun. So you could actually, you know, just take a couple and and then reseal them up, and if you if you had the willpower. Uh, but it's parmcrips.com and small batch, uh, sorry, southern recipe small batch.com. Um, great ingredients. Hey, folks, stick around. I'm going to have Michael Cadden, uh, mixology extraordinaire from Heartwood Provisions, coming up right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's loud. He's proud. Holding nothing back. Michael Savage. The Savage Nation. Weeknights 9 to 11. Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Hope you're uh, snug and safe and self-quarantined at your own place. Uh, hanging out with uh, perhaps a bottle of Jameson, or it, is, uh, it was the Irish week this last week, or <laughs> they call it Irish death. Um, with that being said, I've got an Irishman here in studio. It's uh, a really cool bartender. He's a mixologist and a food and beverage professional. And by the way, 
I just got to say this. For all my fellow food and beverage professionals, we are pretty much the cleanest people in the industry, I mean, in the world, because we're always washing our hands. We're always, you know, looking at wiping plates. We're wiping down sanitizer, things like that. So uh, uh, shout out to all of us who, who maintain that high level of uh, sanitation in our daily lives. Um, and I have Michael Cadden. Michael Cadden was uh, a bartender, a mixologist at Heartwood Provisions. Of course, everything is, is kind of in shutdown mode near. So we're going to get to know him. Michael, hey, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having me. So, uh, what was your? Where are you from? Uh, born, raised here. Really? Well, I'd say born here, raised in uh, Yakima for really. Yeah, probably like I don't know twenty some years, oh, wow. and then my parents were from. Uh, my dad went to Garfield. My mom, Holy Names. Oh, she went to Holy Names. Yeah, holy and names. so uh, this felt more like home to me. Both my sisters still live in Yakima. Oh wow! Yeah, so interesting. Uh, but Seattle always felt more like home to me. <laughs> Close to the water. Sure. I was just at, uh, what was it, Los Hara? Oh, the, the Somali place. In Yakima? Yeah. Jeez. It's got the James Beard. Los, uh, you know, horrendo. I, What's that? No, horrendous. I don't think <laughs> I've been there in like three years. It's been, and things are changing yeah. so quick. Over My there, sister so. went to the Pacific Northwest Institute there for oh. uh, to become a doctor. So she's oh, wow. uh, doing that. So Yakima's got some cool things. Of course, yeah. they shut down the hospital. But uh, did you have a food and beverage position or a job there in Yakima? Uh, out of, uh, I went to a. Uh, Perry Technical, and I was a photographer, professional photographer, oh. for four years. And then when I moved over to Seattle, that was a little bit sparse to become an assistant, and so I got into coffee. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and I did that professionally for, for who? eight and a half years. I started with Jitters Coffee over in uh, Bellevue, Jitters. Redmond area. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, drive throughs Some of the he says the original drive through, and while not I, the original bikini drive through for no, you, no, no, because I wouldn't have made a dime uh, <laughs> at that. Uh, but no, more original drive throughs They designed them so you know suburbans could fit through the drive through. Right. That's kind of you know the crowd over there, and the gentleman who owned them was building a winery over in Eastern Washington. And this was, you know, 1993, 94. Really? Yeah, 94. What winery was that? Still around? Uh, yeah, Chandler Reach. Chandler Reach. Yep. Uh, Len Paris. Yep, yep. Len. I know Len. Len put me to work. His wife grew uh his wife grew up in the same small town I grew up in in East Washington, outside Yakima and Natchez. So Natchez, had a connection right. there to get a job. Uh, didn't go back into photography because I liked eating and having food. And yeah, that's the typical I, guy thing, too, I think. Yeah, well, you know, that job... It doesn't pay well necessarily, and it was more of a hobby. I like having it as a hobby versus mm-hmm. having to make my money off it. And then got into bartending after that. You know? Here in Seattle? Here in Seattle, yeah. What was your first gig? Uh, two places. I worked at um, Pyramid Brewing. I was oh, in their yeah. beer garden for a number of years. Okay, on like First and Brougham. Yeah, right The right when they opened up the beer garden, when the stadiums opened up, uh, the stadium. And uh, then Rock Bottom Breweries. Rock Bottom. <laughs> Good old Rock Bottom. That's, I just drove by on the way here, and it's weird not having, you know, Rainier Square there anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everything's under construction or yeah. under quarantine. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Did you make beer, too, or were you bartending there? Did you do the opening? Were you at the opening for Rock Bottom? I was not, no. I, I remember. Years I got invited. It was awesome. Yeah. Open bar. We were having kettle one martinis. <laughs> that place was crazy. It was, it was such a good experience. You know, we'd be getting 15 people off work every night. And we'd all just have a, a party. I don't think I made a dime there because, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, get 15 bartenders and servers together. I started off as a server. Yeah, you throw money at each other, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Like that's all it was. Big. We kept exchanging the same $100 bill. Yeah, you so know, funny. Back when you made cash. I know. It's interesting <laughs> times. So uh, how long have you been um, with uh, Consolidated Restaurants? Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years? Three and a half years. I wasn't there for the start. Uh, I worked for Amanda. I mean, for, at, for Hartwood, right? Yeah, for Hartwood. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, I worked for Amanda Reed uh, up at uh, uh, Tavern Law. Mm. And then she got poached away by these guys to do the cocktail pairing program specifically. And uh, uh, as she left, she talked me in the GM spot there. Uh, I was there for- At Tavern Law? Yeah, Tavern uh-huh. Law. And then I did that for a couple of years. I worked for HRG, Heavy Restaurant Group, for right. a couple of years and opened up uh, Meet the Moon. And then when I got tired of management, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I uh, hit her up and I was like, you made me be the GM at a tavern. You owe me a job. Ah, and so uh, I started there in September, like eight months after they had opened uh, Heartwood Provisions. Right on. So I've been there since. A lovely place. That Of course, that restaurant uh, spot has been a few iterations over the years. Yeah. I remember many moons ago coming out and you know having that uh, um, dining, just like 13 Coins with those big chairs. What the heck yeah. was it called back then? Brooklyn? No, not the Brooklyn. No, it's- uh, Union Square or something. No, um, uh, McCormick Schmitz. McCormick and Schmitz, but it yeah. was another one before that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I barely remember McCormick Schmitz. Like I remember called, the walls. It was the Union up. Square Grill, I believe. It was yeah. Union Square Two yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, really fun spot. And I remember going uh, back when you know we could afford to dine out. These days, <laughs> it's tough. You really have to have a credit card because no one can carry that much cash around anymore. I think that's why we don't get cash tips anymore because. You know, everybody pays by credit card. Yeah, um, which is a bummer because it's it's so easy to trace. And you know, I always, I always reported eight <laughs> percent. Well, yeah, that's just it. I mean, at least now, you know, I was able with that. At least my wife and I could buy a house because it's all recorded now. And yeah, so whereas that's before, true. but you know, before you could have some you know special situations where you could. Right. Well, yeah. you weren't always looking for a house when you're having that much cash because, you, you know, you figured you were invincible <laughs> and young. Um, so tell me about uh, these competitions. Let's talk about the program at Hartwood. I know that um, Amanda Reed, amazing professional, yeah. uh, one of the, uh, the iconic women here these days. She's been yeah. recognized nationally, and uh, she's, um, I believe she just got her advanced uh, Somalia. Yeah. 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 yeah, so welcome to the, 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 big, the big, uh, big girl world, I guess. Yeah, so she... Her background in wine uh, makes her palate amazing, basically, mm-hmm. and that helps in her cocktail world. Um, and she's brought on specifically to pair these cocktails with food at Heartwood Provisions. She works with the chef very closely, um, Chef Kim. <laughs> and, you know, they work together. They design a cocktail for the dish. They go back and forth. And I swear she'll bring it back and make it 50 times if she has to, just to nail down the the uh, the palate for that one particular cocktail for that one particular dish. Wow! And so every every dish at Heartwood has a cocktail pairing with it. It's interesting too because I know we have our sommelier groups tastings there um, over the the years, and one of the um, aromas in the air was the, the the beautiful smell of charcoal or grill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the wood that they use there, and is everything grilled or what? I wouldn't say everything's grilled. At this point, but it does, and not everything has a full smoke aspect, but that's kind of the general gist of Heartwood Provisions. They use an apple wood. It's an apple mm-hmm. tree that's on our logo. Um, oh, yeah. And so they have two uh, two ovens, uh, two wood fire ovens, um, and one of them is more like a pizza oven. They'll just put stuff in that'll add sure. uh, flavor to it. High heat. And the other one uh, is just for cooking steaks properly. Mm. Um, I forget the name of the Japanese oven that it is. There's only a few in the U.S., but it can reach up to about 750 degrees if they stoke it right. Uh, they keep it about 450, 
which allows them to put a nice sear on a rare steak. Right. Right. And add that smokiness they want to. Well, that's what I use in my, my oven when I do. I am, you know, restaurant guys, we pan sear, we finish in the oven. Yeah. You know, it's just really easy. Of course, I don't have, uh, you know, and I'm still a bachelor per se, and then, you know, it's hard to cook a big meal for just one, although I can do it. <laughs> I have done it. Uh, and you are actually, what's your official title there at Heartwood Provisions? Uh, I am a lead slash personality bartender. Uh, they kind of brought me on. Slash personality. <laughs> yeah, they kind of brought me on. I mean, all bartenders are personality bartenders, right? But it's kind of gotten lost a little bit in in the, what I call the affectionately uh, the geeky cocktail world, the mm-hmm. mixology, uh, where a They're lot of, too busy to talk to, right? Well, they they tend the bartenders tend to come from a, a place of knowledge now. Right, uh, really heavy knowledge of everything they're doing. Uh, that doesn't mean they have a you know the twenty years experience in the industry of helping a customer and relating that. And you know the Met Grill's always been a place that's about the customer service, right? For sure. Uh, you you walk in. I mean, Rob Noakes up there still has uh, customers come in for the past thirty five years. They've known. And it's like, oh, you can't sit there. That's that's going to be for this person. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so they wanted to bring me on kind of that way and maybe lead. Uh, personality bartender that direction right on well uh it's a big bar how many seats at that bar 20 18 seats, 18 seats. 18 seats. we can squish in 20 we can squish in but well now with social distancing <laughs> yeah well now now it's 10 yeah, yeah. for sure well, no, or zero and um it's it's just dinner only is it seven was it seven days a week seven days a week dinner only uh we open up at three every day we do a uh, happy hour three to six and then the main restaurant opens up four thirty. so we have a nice happy hour menu uh from uh, during happy hour and some good food selections and then the full thing. I know. I already miss happy hour. I'm so yeah. bummed. I mean, I Jeez. I went to the store and I got all my provisions in one liter bottles <laughs> and some water and I'm like kind of bored with it. I bought three different kind of vermouths. I bought three different, uh, two bourbons and um, some Irish whiskey and like three different kinds of bitters. And I'm like, okay, this will keep me for a couple of days. And yes, it has, but now I'm on to something else. And I'm glad you're here because you were part of the uh, national or international Patron mix competition is that yeah. correct yeah patron perfectionist is what they call it and so they throw it every year um they uh well hold up oh yeah, yeah. they're gonna throw it every year so we're gonna talk about that when we come back and you brought some cool ingredients of course some patron what's the name of your cocktail abuela's marmalade say that again abuela's marmalade. abuela Abuela, my abuela. Abuela. My grandmother. Okay, I love it. Hey, folks, uh, we're talking about the past, the future, and the present here with Michael Cadden, the lead personality bartender at Harwood Provisions, right here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby, the Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, hey folks, hope you're staying uh, healthy and uh, social distancing yourself from all the bad, anxious people. Um, be calm, uh, enjoy life, uh, breathe deep, <laughs> just don't cough on anyone. Uh, and we have actually some some cool cough syrup in the studio. I got Michael Cadden, the lead personality bartender for West uh, Hartwood Provisions. I'm going to say Westward Provisions, that's a different <laughs> restaurant. Hartwood Provisions on First and Spring, First and 
Yeah, first and first spring. spring. Yeah, uh, a, a wonderful place, part of the Consolidated Restaurant Group Empire, and uh, I've certainly love the Met Grill, and of course Elliot's, and now you have the Wing Dome, Wing Stop, Wing Dome, Wing Dome. They've wing had Wing Dome. Dome for a while. Okay, uh, they got a new one there. In front of I was Elliot's surprised. Room. I was getting some emails from the Wing Dome because I like wings, but I would never drive that far to get wings because I think the place was in Greenwood. But now you got a place down on the waterfront. Yeah. All yeah. right, that's yeah. good. So wings with a view, um, and you have been in the mixology world for a while, and one yeah. of the benefits of being a lead personality bartenders. You get to participate in some cool competitions. Tell me some of the competitions you participated in. Uh, well, in the past couple of years, I've been traveling a lot. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was in the Herradura Legends competition. I made it in the top 24 for the United States. Ended up being there. Uh, my co-part or my counterpart down at Hartwood, Andrew Larson, was uh, representing the southern half of the West Coast. I was representing the north half oh. of the West Coast. We ended up being down there at the same time. Um, so we're in Mexico for a week competing, and that's usually what they are, is you design a cocktail. Uh, and then if you get in there, top whatever, uh, you go on from there. Um, but you had to qualify, right? Yeah, yeah. So you enter a lot of them are online qualifications. Sure. Some of them are in person, depends. I was chosen to go to San Francisco with eight other bartenders from the northwest coast from San Francisco up. And uh, I competed against eight of them, eight great bartenders, but I ended up being uh, one of the... Top two, or I was the number one, and then... Uh, now, did you do a riff, or did you do something entirely new? So, every competition's different that yeah. way. Uh, this one, you did the same thing at in San Francisco. Then, when I once I won San Francisco and went down to uh, Guadalajara, uh, I had to do three different cocktails down there, three different aspects One for of breakfast, one for lunch. <laughs> one was a play on a Bloody Maria, the first one when you got there. Really? The other two you didn't know about. One was a speed competition. Okay. Uh, and then the second was the final. <laughs> Not methamphetamine, right? No, no. Uh, you had to, uh, how fast you can make four cocktails uh, with another bartender working in conjunction on the Herradura train from Guadalajara out to uh, Amantatan, where uh, where uh, Herradura is at. Love train. And so each like each competition is different that yeah. way. Uh, I was also in Bermuda for the Gosling's competition for the finals. Wow. The only problem was I was in Bermuda for about 46 hours. Wow. It took longer to get there almost. And then uh, I was in Switzerland. I was in the national, what? Uh, top five national finals. For uh, for the Kubler Absinthe Boy. competition, and that wasn't even a competition; that was just your reward. So we ate and drank our way through Switzerland for five days. Yeah, did you have chasselas and fondue? Oh, jeez! <laughs> and then this last one was Patron oh, Perfectionist, and that's my first global competition. Wow! Where I'm going against bartenders from around the world. I entered about a year ago. Uh, I got selected to be in the national finals in Portland in October, which I won. Uh, and then they took three Americans to the finals uh, against uh, what would that be? Eighteen other, yeah, nineteen other bartenders from around the world, like Switzerland and Portugal had one bartender they selected, but the U.S. has so many sure. that they they bring three. And so uh, uh, I got to meet some really cool people. Unfortunately, I did not place after that. But being in the top twenty out of five thousand yeah, from around sure. the world is not a bad select. Not a play. Now, and your drink, uh, is this the drink we're going to taste here on the the show? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Now, um, give me some history about Patron. I'm a Patron ambassador. I went through their uh, tequila um, school, their class, their one-day deal over at, I remember the hotel was uh, the W, I think, or Monica, one of the two. They are one of the reasons, if not the reason, that we have 100% agave 
in America, mm-hmm. essentially. It's uh, tequila coming into the U.S. is a long history. Uh, it started off as a mixto, which can be technically half any other spirit right. other than agave. 50% tequila. Yeah. And those companies are bringing that in, ask the U.S. to uh, instill a tariff uh, on 100% agave tequila so they can keep the market for a while. Let's keep it cheap. Yep. And then uh, uh, finally those were uh, busted out, and, and we got 100% agave. And I attribute Patron to a lot of that. If it weren't for Patron, we might not have 100% agave and good tequila in this country. You know, it's, I think we still had some, but it wasn't necessarily celebrated. I mean, for Who's Songs and Trace Generones, these were back in well, the, the 90s, but you're talking about earlier than that. 80s, yeah. 70s, and 80s, right? right. So, so they we really had it for a long open. time. Sure. But yeah, but a lot of those pushed through. And it was a company like Patron that kind of did that. Uh, and Patron, um, of course, they have three and maybe now four expressions. Of course, Blanco, Reposado, well, Añejo. And then they got some Grand Reserva, I think. Well, they have the before the Grand Reserve, uh, the Grand Patrons, they have the Roca series, which gets back to their roots a little bit. Yeah. When Siete Legos was actually making it for them. So there's a lot of companies. Uh, there's only, what, 133 distilleries sure. out there? 1,800 labels. So right. a lot of contract stuff going on. You and I could go down tomorrow and, and make our own. And find one we like, make our own, label it, and bring it in. Like right? as a Casamigos. Yeah. I think yeah. It's, and hopefully we sell for a billion bucks. Come on. Yeah, seriously. Mr. Personality. <laughs> <laughs> so and what's this one called? What's your cocktail? So this is Abuela's Marmalade. Abuela's Marmalade. Yeah. The con- and so this. Uh, cocktail went all the way through to the end. I didn't have to change. I didn't make other cocktails. This was one I started with and ended with. Um, they wanted a local aspect, so I incorporated a local honey. Mm-hmm. Drink local honey. It's it's good for you. It, it helps so your body local adapt. being uh, Bremerton or Bainbridge or Pillsbo um, So or? I started off with something at the farmer's market up in Lake City Way, okay. and she called it a poppy one, uh, a poppy uh-huh. honey, because uh, her garden was full of poppies, yeah. right? And it had a little bit of a floral note to them, and that's what I used. Unfortunately, her uh, uh, colony collapsed, and I didn't have that honey use right. anymore. So I had to incorporate something new. So I'm using what we use at uh, Heartwood, which is uh, Bee Local from down in Oregon. Okay. Nice wildflower honey. Sure. Uh, we can get it in large quantities. Right. Uh, so I had to re inst- or re uh, remake it somehow Re-fashion and incorporate your... poppy. Uh-huh. And so I use a uh, poppy liqueur from Green Bar down in uh, California. Really? I incorporate that into the honey, yeah, along with uh, a local cranberry liqueur from uh, Clear Creek. Oh, wow. And so I put that in. I reduced it down just a little bit to keep the consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I matched that with uh, a marmalade that my uh, my inspiration was from my grandmother. She, When we'd go visit, all we had was marmalade to put on the toast. And when you're six years old, marmalade is the worst thing to put on toast. You hate it. <laughs> it's bitter orange, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as Until adult, you get older. Yeah. Now I fully appreciate it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, but hence the reason for the Abuela's Marmalade. She okay. was my inspiration. She taught my mother how to uh, make preservatives. She taught me. And that's, uh, I do the syrup program at Heartwood Provisions, which I kind of incorporate. That's how I make all my stuff. Right. Uh, how many we, syrups do you have at Heartwood Provisions? Well, if you uh, want you? something on the menu, uh, yeah, uh, you have to have a, a homemade ingredient of sorts. So we I have see. quite a few. Okay. I'd say we're around 10 or 11 typically. Fun. You know, uh, Always got some shrubs, some stuff working uh-huh. around. And so uh, those two sweets in this cocktail uh, add sweetness, of course, uh, a little bit of floral notes and some bitter notes and kind of expand. Uh, balance those sweet with uh, fresh lemon juice. Mm-hmm. Of course, Patron Silver is the sure. one I chose. I want those Clean. nice, strong vegetable yeah. notes to come through. And then some Black Lemon Bitters uh, from Scrappy's here Black locally. Lemon? Yeah, Scrappy's Bitters. Great product. The Black Lemon's uh, amazing. And if you don't know, Black Lemons are basically uh, dehydrated limes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. So they and have a little Scrappy's bit of local? 
It is. Yeah. 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 They've Miles been around started, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Ten uh, plus he used years, to work 14, at Tavern Law at some point. Really? Yeah. That's so fun. I think the whole bitter scene is uh, um, really interesting because, of course, medicinal purposes, but also the fact that it's somebody's uh, creative creativity and also that it has some taste and flavor and it's unique yeah bitters yeah. are really really kind of fun so uh we've got, just got two minutes left here for this segment but um i like your shape of the glasses looks like a little beehive yeah and that's why I, so for these competitions they tend to be a little more over the top it's sure. kind of designed that way uh beehive with that we're going to put the uh the ice in the top on it but you aren't going to be able to smell the cocktail and aroma is a very important part of mm-hmm. drinking uh, so I've got a couple orchids there. I'm going to spritz them with a little bit of uh, my own elixir here. It's a chamomile citrus uh, tea infused into orange blossom water ah. with a little bit of tequila. We'll spritz that, and you take a sip of the drink, and then you smell the cocktail, and you go back take a second sip, and it changes the profile. All right. So. Well, um, tell you what. Let's get this prepared, and in the next segment, we'll taste it on air. So uh, what do you have to add to this? I see two beehive glasses. Just ice? Just ice. Well, Crushed let's, ice. let's make some noise then. All right. It was crushed ice. It's funny. I'm at home, like, you know, it's quiet. It's in the dead of night. And all I hear in my, you hear in my house is my ice machine. Oh, I like the, uh, w- is that a specific bartender funnel? I mean, it looks pretty uh, neat. It is. Uh, I was told my funnel gra- game is strong when I was down there. All right. Uh, only for speed, you know, behind the bar. Uh-huh. Yeah, my funnel game. <laughs> and then back in college, we had something called the funnelator, which was a giant, uh, a giant caterpillar of some sorts, or a, was a, basically a wrist rocket on the roof that we'd launch oh, water wow. balloons over to the to the uh, Theta Chi's on Seventeenth. I think I used a funnel once or twice in my college years to drink. Yeah, right, that might not have been right. great. <laughs> uh, that's so funny too. I, you know, like we have to race when we're young to drink as much as we can, as fast yeah, as we yeah. can. All right, I can hear that ice. Uh, so fun. So we're gonna take a sh- quick little break and uh, start um, getting into this cocktail. Amuel- Abuela's, Abuela's Marmalade. Marmalade with Michael Cadden, lead personality mixologist at Heartwood Provisions here on Happy Hour Radio. He's live. He's local. He's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, folks, welcome back. The cool part is that we're actually six feet away here in the studio, <laughs> so this social distancing actually works on radio. Uh, and if you could only see this beautiful drink, I'll put a picture up on our uh, Facebook page. But this is really um, a lovely, fun uh, look and drink. Looks like a little beehive with an orchid, of course, and then a stainless steel straw. Which uh, do you do you actually get to keep that or do you reuse them? We reuse them. Actually, at Hartwood, we use paper straws. We have a good yeah. source of paper straws. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, these are my competition straws. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Right. It uh, looks more glamorous. It's sturdy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, who wants? You can imagine if your cocktails we got a paper straw in it. You're like number six, and it's sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abuela's marmalade. Um, Again, tell me the ingredients. So we have a poppy and cranberry honey that I made, a blood orange and kumquat, or excuse me, poppy uh, uh, liqueur, poppy liqueur uh, with honey and cranberry. Liqueur. And that was the wildflower That's honey base, from yeah. uh, Oregon B local. B local, yeah. Uh, balanced with a, a little bit of a kumquat and blood orange marmalade, kind of fortifies the same flavors profiles. Uh, adds a little more. 
balanced with uh, lemon juice, uh, Patron uh, Silver, and uh, Black Lemon Bitters. Mm. So uh, pretty simple, but a little more complex than just a margarita as such. You know? No, it's it's the flavor actually uh, is pervasive, and it actually expands on the palate. And once yeah. you take a sip, you get the hit of lemon, you get the sour, you get some of the floral notes, but as it lays on your palate, you start to get some of that. There's that... Honey has depth when you yeah. think about it. You oh, have yeah. good honey. I mean, certainly not um, exactly. the purified stuff. Uh, and this is just yummy. I like that it makes it's tart enough to finish dry because sometimes acid can finish dry to leave mm-hmm. your mouth watering. There's a sense of tannin here, but it's not. Is that from the is there a tea note? I mean, it's just drying. Is that what is that? I would say cranberry? it's probably coming a bit from the cranberry as well. That's the reason I have it in there because a, a judge was asking why do you have the cranberry in there? It's like because it adds that tannin and dry notes. It also fortifies it in when I make the marmalade syrup as opposed to any other syrup I make. Uh, I keep the oh, blood good. orange and kumquat. I just uh, shred them and put them in sugar and let them absorb all the stuff from the. Uh, the rinds and everything, hence marmalade, right? Right. So that probably adds to it as well. Now, so do you steep that together. with with water and and create just sugar and fruit, mm-hmm. uh, typically equal parts by weight, uh, and then I will uh, vacuum seal them. Mm-hmm. And let them, uh, and typically uh, sous vide cook them for like 140. Just gonna years. ask that. Yeah, we had Depending sous vide what corned is. beef the other night, yeah. and it was like, of course, that takes forever, but yeah. it's worth the wait. It is, it totally is. But uh, you do sous vide for some cocktail yeah. preparations. Almost all my syrups. Interesting. Just, just about yeah. It it uh, it depends on what it is. I experiment a lot with what I'm working with. Uh, and how it draws flavor out of everything. Maybe it's best in a syrup, and I add sugar and make it that way. Uh, maybe it's better in alcohol, and I make a tincture. Yeah. So Careful, this got is you stronger than it looks. Or I'm tastes. stronger than I look too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how many times did you prepare this to to get it right in your version, in your mind? When how many iterations did you go through? Um, a few. Usually, when I'm creative like that, it's either it's in my head and I have it, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much set that way and then i go to like amanda when i think i have a finished product and i'll be like taste this and be very critical of right it. not that she wouldn't tell me the truth either way she's always and that's why i like working there at heartwood she lets us experiment and do stuff and i don't know uh because i had to change the honey and change it up a bit uh there's a few iterations of it but not many uh, but what i can do at heartwood is she lets us make this cocktail i don't we didn't have it on the menu Right. Um, actually, the, there was something similar on the menu about a year ago, uh, but I tweaked it for the competition itself, um, and then I keep making it over and over. So I repetition. I probably made it like 500 times, wow. which helps in these competitions, talking about it. Sure. It's, yes. You have to have that confidence in, because if you're making it, you, yeah. you're, you need to talk about it, too. You can't be so focused that you're not... Participating with the customer because I think that's yeah. part of the personality part, right? Yeah, you can go on my Facebook and see the the competition itself. It's it's more about selling the drink as much as the drink itself. And this is on this will be on the menu at Hartwood when we come back from the, the end of the world. I will have it uh, as, as off a special. Menu. You can, as you off can menu. come and sit in front of me, and I can make it. <laughs> yeah, and you have these glasses there too. Uh, I did before. We'll see. We'll you know, see if they're yeah, still there. Yeah. I only have four of them. We but, got to part ways you know, with. I mean, it's nothing too special. You can get it right at a. 
Uh, Crate and Barrel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or on Amazon, right? Because I think yeah. retail well, is going yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations, Michael. Thank what a pleasure sir. to meet you. I know we've uh, been uh, rubbing elbows for the past few years, yeah. and it's good to actually have a chance to talk. And do you have any of the side projects now that you've got some free time? Are you, do you have a blog? Do you have a, your Facebook page? Or? I don't, but you know, being down at Hartwood this afternoon and having it totally empty, I was thinking of uh, getting a couple of bartenders together and maybe doing something and doing something that we can... Um, teach people how to bartend at home because that's what they're going to have to do now right and it, this is not, in my opinion not that hard it's just the knowledge of it in the past 30 or 40 or 50 100 years has not been there so. <laughs> you don't look that old of course you do a little gray <laughs> in the goatee well congratulations <laughs> and you, congratulations on being uh, part of the perfect patron uh competition yeah. and uh we hope that this stuff ends soon enough we can get back to living our lives and enjoying everything and folks remember when you're out and about or if you're ever going to leave home after those cocktails remember life is always better with a designated driver cheers